You're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOT LP Gainesville.
Alright, brand new music there from the Chemical Brothers with no reason. The Neon Marching Band video version of that song. And thank you so much for tuning in to my friend's place this week here on WGOT. Uh, leading things off in a really impressive way, um, in my opinion anyway, uh, from the 80s. You have the theme song from the great uh, series, The Master. Then after that, we got into uh, some new music from Django Django, Don't Touch That Dial, uh, featuring Yuoko. Uh, after that, new music from L.A. Priest, It's You. Then you heard uh, Geese with 3D Country. Then after that, um, you had a Holiday Ghost with a favorite freak. And hopefully, uh, my friend's place is your favorite freak on the radio station here in, in uh, Gainesville. Uh, but regardless, um, again, thank you for tuning in. And uh, before we get into more new music, I do have a couple of like, really vital show updates. First, you know, I've been talking about this problem for weeks, if not months now. Uh, the traffic light that they've been replacing on uh, Southwest 13th Street and uh, 14th, 15th Drive, uh, regardless, it's pretty much where the... Um, Old Gainesville Sun uh, headquarters is located, but I've been railing and shaking my fist uh, for pretty much two months now. Anyhow, good news. This show's all about positivity, right? Uh, they finally got that entire like steel pole structure uh, light, which replaced the old one that was the uh, like a cable with the lights uh, attached to it. Um, it. It's taken more than a month, uh, maybe closer to two months, to actually. Uh, uh, get that thing done, and how do I know? Because for pretty much every single day at that light, I spent five minutes every day sitting there, um, car idling, burning gas, and uh, one thing you can never get back is time, but uh, hallelujah, it's mostly done. I guess they're still working on like the sidewalk area that they had to dig up to connect like the, the cords and what's not, so whatever goes into a traffic light, so uh, there you go. That is some positive news here on my friend's place. Then, uh, a little bit of a bummer, negative news. I'm going to go the other directions. So in Smuggler's News, uh, a couple of months ago, I talked about Afro Man and the fact that last year, uh, the local police, and he was in a pretty small town, I believe in Ohio, uh, they wound up kicking in at Afro Man's door, totally ransacked the house, um, completely based off these bogus uh, charges on the search warrant that had like kidnapping and other types of things and of course uh, this is a man a celebrity that lives his life out in the front um, on Instagram all the time so uh, probably not a guy I would think I'm gonna give Afro Man the benefit of the doubt probably not like a really a uh, crazy villain there but anyway uh, the Ohio police um, somehow had that impression of him and they wound up going to his house about a year ago, I believe. Uh, they, like I said, they kicked in the door, totally a bogus search warrant, uh, ransacked the house. But anyway, not too long after that, Afro Man, uh, yeah, being Afro Man, the, the great Afro Man, uh, he decided he was going to turn uh, these lemons into lemonade. And what he did is he took the security footage from his house of the police kind of uh, walking around and doing things at police. Uh, he was able to take that and turn it into uh, a really funny uh, parody song paired with that footage. And it was seen by millions. I'm not exaggerating. 
probably between a 1 million and 10 million views for uh, that uh, parody video of the local police force that Afro man made. So, um, in the end, you're kind of thinking, okay, uh, they kicked his door in, he kind of burned them, like, on social media. That's it of the story, but no, turns out there are some really hurt feelings in this case. And not from, of course, not from Afro man, um, who actually had his <laughs> violates, or, uh, had his door kicked in and his, like, uh, house violated, but, uh, from, actually from the police, and here's why. And this is straight from the NPR.org website, if you want to uh, read the whole article. Um, anyway, you have the police that were featured in those parody videos that were really police doing police stuff um, from a security footage. Um, they're really upset because they say, quote, uh, the comments made and expressed towards them by the member, uh, excuse me, scroll up. Oh, there you go. Um, let me rewind. They are mad, according to this lawsuit that, um, that they filed, that it is now dangerous for police officers to carry out their duties, and this is a direct quote uh, from the lawsuit, because of comments made and attitudes expressed towards them by members of the public who have seen the Afro Man videos. So there you go. That's kind of the police um, point of view. Uh, it goes on to say they've received death threats and also have suffered, here's another direct quote, humiliation, ridicule, mental distress, embarrassment, and loss of reputation. So, um, I don't know. I, I Snowflake's like a thing that gets thrown around a lot, like some put down. I, I'm kind of feeling like some snowflakes here with, with the police officers. But uh, anyway, the crux of the problem is that basically Afro Man, that video, he put him in like the images of the police that went through his house on some merch. And now you really are getting into um, like some really interesting legal questions about like you know the right to your image so um at that point i think maybe the police kind of have um maybe a point but i mean how much did he actually make off of branded merch uh, from this incident i don't know i will leave that up to the courts but uh anyway to go on to quoting like the lawsuit against afro man again direct quote from the npr article Unless defendants are restrained, and in this case the defendants would uh, be Afro Man, people in the videos up, plaintiffs will suffer irreparable injury to their reputations, their mental health, and their legally protected rights as defendants. And that right there made me laugh. Uh, legally protected rights in this case? All right. Make your own judgment. But anyway, uh, one thing that no one can put judgment against is like this next song uh it's from a very very famous person uh you may have heard him of him before it's noel gallagher uh, and it's high flying birds with new music it's uh dead to the world here on the my friend's place
meditating, sticking to my side, the pain and pity, oh, and no one trying to get into my business. And I ain't feeling bad about it, but you're feeling glad about it, best that I've been grabbing with these fingers. So educate and dedicate the mind and making better resolutions, what I'm trying to get attention. With the way this money, bitch, you can't lose, can't lose, automated when this bitch is can't lose. See, yo, I make the heart of hate, post a pig, made a shock of fate, so high in depth, even with the color grade. Eight one overboard, covers court, now the only way is warps. Made a surge, now they wanna hold the cord. Only if you're gonna cover what I'm owed.
Alright, that is RBG with Squid, uh, and you're listening to my friend's place here on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, you had music from Noel Gallagher's uh, High Flying Birds band with Dead to the World. Then you heard Elijah Wolf. We talked about it. Um, after that, it was Snake Hips and Takei uh, Maitza with Show Me the Money. Uh, people that are my age definitely get that movie quote, but that's the name of the song as well. Uh, then after that, from the Scissor Sisters. Um, one of my favorite band names of all time. You have uh, Jake Shears with a little bit of solo material. And that song is called The Devil Came Down the Dance Floor. Good title. And it features uh, Amber Martin. After that, it was Body of Light with Never Ever. And catching up to everything you've heard today, you had Public Interest uh, with the song Residue. And that closes out what you heard in that half hour or so of music. Now, normally at this time of the show, we do some television and movie reviews, but not this week because I have actually seen surprisingly little on the television. Um, been watching the new Perry Mason show. Probably talk about that next week. And then I know Succession just came out. I'll probably watch that one too. And we'll probably do a little bit of TV next week. But this week, let's talk about podcast. Now, I know really shouldn't be advocating or basically advertising for podcasts since they are competing, our competitors with WGOT. But, you know, sometimes you get out of the range of the station or maybe you want to listen to like some comedy or something like that. So regardless, um, my two that will always be on pretty much, you know, my Mount Rushmore podcast or two Orlando ones, and one is Cinema Crespediso, which is comedy and movies, and the other one is pretty much anything that Tom and Dan do, which is a really R-rated comedy, but uh, after those two, I have some that I also like to uh, listen to each week that I don't think I've ever mentioned on the show before, and the first one is a really well-known podcast, actually, and I'm not about to say Joe Rogan, because I don't really want to listen to Joe Rogan, but... There is a podcast almost as popular as uh, that one, and it's called Smartless. And uh, if you're not aware of what the show is, Smartless basically has a very, you know, simple interview. Uh, basically, one person interview, long form for an hour, uh, from the cast of uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, who are pretty awesome uh, as a team working together. And, you know... Anything with Jason Bateman, uh, personally, because I've been a fan of him for a long time, going all the way back to Silver Spoons and then some other kind of like obscure stuff that he did. But um, especially the last couple of years where he's gone from like comedy actor to director, some really interesting things like Ozark. Big fan of him. So as soon as I knew he was involved with it, I was going to listen to it. And then you got Will Arnett, who's awesome. Uh, Sean Hayes, I didn't know. I mean, I knew his uh, acting background, but didn't know much about him personally, and um, like I said, they have great comedy chemistry working together, and they always uh, pick pretty awesome celebrity guests, not always necessarily actors either, but uh, the past week was Keanu Reeves, which was uh, really interesting, as um, the, the uh, Sean Hayes and uh, Arnett and Bateman, they've actually become pretty good interviewers um, over the course of the show. And uh, you actually learn some things, I think, that maybe you wouldn't get on any other interview show. And, um, like I said, good interviews, and uh, the rest of the time they're pretty much spending, like, making fun of each other and ragging on one another, which is also 
one of the reasons why it's a comedy um, podcast. The other comedy podcast that I'm listening to that maybe you want to check out and you have extra time is Fly on the Wall. Again, another big name podcast. And uh, this is another comedy podcast, um, this time hosted by Saturday Night Live legends uh, Dana Carvey and David Spade. And normally for each show, they'll bring in a guest, uh, same format of Smartless, uh, to interview. But the difference is they normally have like some connection uh, to SNL. Either through being like a cast member or writer or host or music person or whatever. Um, other times, though, they just have like whoever the hot comedian is on at the particular time, even if they don't have SNL connections. Um, either way, um, the, the show I mentioned before, like Smart List, that's really polished. Uh, Fly on the Wall is like the opposite of that. You have a situation where. Uh, the hosts seem to be like talking over each other frequently, but um, that sounds bad. But the show is kind of like unorganized and like unpolished, and the hosts uh, kind of get together in a way that's really kind of funny and endearing and different uh, than pretty much other every other like uh, podcast. But there you go. There's your two uh, podcast recommendations, your media recommendations this week. You got Smartless and Fly on the Wall, which are both are very easy to listen to if you so desire. Now, last week, last week, did review some things that I really liked. One of them was the Swarm uh, series on Amazon, uh, created by uh, the team behind Atlanta. And it's really awesome. That's a big recommendation if you can get a chance to check that out. I've got one from that soundtrack this week. Uh, so here on my friend's place, you're going to hear Phil Kieran. This one features Bush Tetris, and the song title is Snakes Crawl. And of that, you got the East Village mix. So here you go. Enjoy.
here on my friend's place on the BGOT LP Gainesville. Before that, leading things off from the Swarm soundtrack, you had Phil Kieran featuring uh, Bush Tetris with Snakes Crawl, the East of Village mix. Uh, then a classic one from the Smiths, The Queen is Dead. After that, kind of kept that same vibe going with a new one from Temple's Afterlife. Then a band that's been around uh, about the same time as the Smiths, Depeche Mode, except they are still releasing really cool new music. And this is probably the second or third time here on My Friend's Place you've heard their new song, My Cosmos is Mine, and I uh, hope you dig it as much as I do. And there you go. You are totally called up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. Now, this time in the show, uh, quite frequently, we like to shake our angry fist, old man style, at the clouds. Um, usually... I kind of go with something uh, a little bit small and silly, and um, this week, though, it's going to be a little bit darker and a uh, bigger vision, but anyway, uh, let's say um, a month or two, at some point here on My Friend's Place, we talked about Brian Walsh's search engine, or search engine, his search history. Uh, now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume that pretty much almost everyone in the world um, if you were to look at their searches, they might have something uh, questionable in there, uh, some more than others, uh, including myself. But uh, I would say that on the other, like the flip side of that is that most of us haven't actually been accused of murdering our spouse or our wife, like uh, Brian Walsh, the guy that I mentioned before. And um, a quick check of Brian Walsh's search engine was uh, not very good because it included such questions as like how long before her body starts to smell or um, you know uh, what chemicals make a body decompose the quickest so uh, yeah he he definitely gets his uh, fish sh- or my fist shaken on him because he's an idiot and it's just a terrible person and on top of being terrible you're dumb well now we basically kind of have his uh, sidekick here um, because, you know, like I said, apologies in advance. This week I'm shaking my old man fist at this 
dumb criminal or alleged criminal, James Tolliver, a Craig, who I would say is equally as evil and as dumb as Brian Walsh, that we uh, discussed a couple weeks ago. Now, um, gonna go really fast because probably giving him much more attention than he actually deserves. But uh, this guy Craig, he stands accused of poisoning his wife to death. Now. Let's get one very crucial fact established for uh, anyone out there that might be considering murdering their spouse or someone close to them. And uh, if you make that poor decision, you are going to be the primary suspect, no matter how solid clad your uh, alibi is, because I'll be looking for the hitman. In fact, I'll go on record saying, um, you know, if you are the spouse, of someone who is murdered, you probably shouldn't even talk to the police without representation because your words will get twisted even if you are innocent. But that is not necessarily what we're talking about here this week. That's like a tangent. Um, I also got to say, if you're planning on murdering someone, it is a really bad look if you've had your phone on for like, I don't know, six uh, consecutive years and you are checking it every 10 minutes. Let's just say it's a really bad look if after you know six years it just happens to go dark for the exact time or hour that you know your murder is taking place. You need to consider that. Otherwise, I'm gonna shake my fist at you for being a dumb murderer. And also, oh, here's another one. Uh, keep in mind that um, cars now. And this was like a, a thing that happened in the Alec Murdoch case. They have tracking devices. They know how fast you're driving, when the car has been on, when the car is off. So that's a whole nother, a whole nother barrier you're gonna have to jump over if you want to be a successful like life murderer, I suppose. But um, anyway, um, another thing let's talk about, and this is like the main thing I'm getting at, where I'm really shaking my fist angrily at, at this this dumb guy. You know that if you are accused of murdering someone, that they are going to thoroughly search your computer and your phone records and try to delete information before that happens. Good luck, because these guys can't find anything. Um, whether it's old text from the person you are cheating with, like in this case. And, um, you know, for the love of Xenu, Please, please, if you've got like an extremely problematic search history, it doesn't matter if you delete it or not. It's too late at that point because the FBI, the forensic scientists, are going to get that. So there's there's not like even any point in trying to delete text messages and search histories if they're going to look at you like that. And, um, you know, like I said, let's acknowledge the fact that just because you delete your search history, like I need to, because my very first search uh, for the show was wife murder. And I'm not planning on murdering my wife. But if she dies, like in the next 24 hours, I know that when they look at my search history and they see wife murder, they're like, what exactly is this? And I'll have to explain. I was doing a story uh, for a very small uh, podcast and radio show on WGOT. They probably won't believe me. I'll have to get a lawyer. They'll throw me in the jail or whatever. But anyway, um just because you uh, try to delete your search search engine uh, search history for wife murder like I need to do, they will still find that information. 
I guarantee you that. Which finally brings me to this guy, James Craig, who I am angrily shaking not one, but both fists at this guy this week. Number one, this is dark, and we're going to go pretty dark here, so um, trigger warning, I suppose. But this guy, number one, you kill, or allegedly, you murder your wife with poison. You're a Mormon, you have six kids. Okay, that's pretty bad. But what I'm really shaking my fist about at this guy is not how evil and awful he is. There's no denying that. It's how dumb he is with what he wound up doing. So let's get into uh, uh, Colorado dentist James Craig, who I am just really angrily shaking my fist at. But uh, this guy, and I'm not going to go too deep into it. You can read up on it if you want to. But uh, what really kind of got my attention for this guy is when they released like his search history. He's a dentist, so here is what um, his search history was in, had included in it. Number one, undetectable poisons. So I'm just going to throw it out there. If you're planning on poisoning someone and you don't want to get caught, do not Google search undetectable poisons. Don't even bother, like, deleting it. So if you are searching for undetectable poisons, man, just leave that in your search history and claim that you were hacked or something, because they're going to find it. Then, uh, this uh, person I'm shaking my fist at also searched for how many grams of pure arsenic will kill a human, which is awful and awfully dumb because they're going to find that on your search engine. You are a moron and a terrible person, too. Uh, and then also, other YouTube searches uh, for uh, Mr. Craig. How to make poison. And we all love these. Now, i, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I could spend, like, an hour going down a wormhole. Like, these YouTube videos, like, top ten weirdest worms. Or... You know, top ten uh, animal killing machines, or you know, top ten scenes from uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, movies. So I, I do enjoy those, but this guy, he searched for top five <laughs> undetectable poisons that show no signs of foul play, all according at least to this affidavit. So, I, I, man, I am shaking my fist so angrily at this uh, James Craig just for obviously murdering like your mom or your mom, your children's mother. Um, but then just being so callous that you, uh, it's what you're searching for before this happens. And here's where it gets worse. So uh, James Craig, he's got this on the search engine. At the time he was poisoning his wife and she was in the hospital. Turns out he has some text messages. And you already know where this one's going. So this dude had a uh, girlfriend, mistress, whatever you want to call her, I'm, whatever, living, I think, in Austin, Texas. And as he's poisoning his wife, this woman is flying in to meet him because they're having an affair. Can't make this up. And look, casting no dispersions on, on the woman she may not have known anything about the wife or anything at all about this man. I, they met online. 
or maybe she does, will uh, eventually at some point they will have to uh, explore that and we'll see um, what happens when it goes to court. So you've got that aspect of uh, this woman. Then it gets worse because he um, is a dentist, he owned his own practice, so they're ordering like stuff in and out all the time of their, uh, their office, I suppose. But um, at some point, he actually, I think from Amazon.com, he ordered the cyanide poison and actually had it delivered to his office because you know, that's not something you would want your wife going to the mailbox and picking out. But, and this is where the story gets kind of weird, Apparently, someone, he had warned people not to open the package. Someone opened it and saw basically like the, the skull and crossbones, like poison warning, and they were immediately suspicious. So I guess what happened after that is I went up the chain and the, like the co-owner of the practice, which was this guy's business partner, he went and said, hey, dude, why are you uh, like having poison shipped to our dental office? It has no, like, use here. And supposedly, with this guy, again, I'm shaking my fist at, he tells um, his like, the co-owner of the business, oh, I didn't order it. My wife ordered it. She's considering suicide. I ordered it for her. I didn't think she was, like, serious. And that is 100% as close as I can get come to explain that information uh, based on like the testimony I've read so far so there you go why that dude doesn't turn him in like to the police or like call the wife like hey you know um, your husband uh, my business partner he's been ordering some poison like some really dangerous poison uh, through our business here um, are there any type of issues going on but whatever again all the blame ultimately goes on this Craig dude, uh, Mr. Craig. And everyone else, you, you kind of like a little side to the story. But anyway, um, eventually, though, the wife gets sick. And I guess at that point, the business partner puts like two and two together. It's like, oh, um, he's having a conversation with the guy. And supposedly at some point said, hey, stop talking to me. You need to talk to a lawyer. And he did go to the police with like the information they had at that point unfortunately it was too late for mrs craig as she had been officially poisoned so wow so much to uh unpack in that story shake that your fist hard at that dude um you know the crazy thing to me about the whole story is like okay he got confronted about ordering poison um, to his uh, business. At that point, don't, like, in anyone in the world, like, okay, your partner comes to you like, oh, you're ordering uh, poison. Isn't that, like, your cue to maybe, like, oh, that's a clue that maybe I should hold off on poisoning my wife? The fact that they have caught me ordering the poison to our business but no this guy went on even after getting caught like the cojones man I've ordered poison and then my wife's gonna die a suspicious death or a suspicious death rather man there you go that, that is who I am very much
angrily, angrily uh, shaking my fist at. And look, I am not a death penalty advocate for a lot of reasons, but, but once this case is resolved and if things turn out the way the evidence is pointing towards, um, if Mr. Craig got convicted of murdering his mom of six, then, uh, I might, I might, um, just have to, like, hold my nose while they read him the death penalty, but there you go. Crazy, crazy story. That is who I'm shaking my fist at very angrily this week. And let's get into, uh, not new music, because I've kind of run out of new tracks this week. So you're going to get some of my favorite over the past couple of weeks. And this first one was a closer track about three weeks ago. Love this group, love this band, and I love the person featuring on it. Uh, from Jane's Addiction, you have Perry Farrell, who is featured on this Sleaford Mods track called So Trendy. Ah, love this one. Anyway, enjoy. <laughs> Upside down, you goose your snide. You 
no they don't chase you They always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy You know they don't chase you They always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy You know they don't chase you They always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy You know they don't chase you They always chase we Cause everybody wants a piece that's so trendy
Okay, that is uh, Phaser Days with Flood into here on my friend's place. Before that, you had music from Seaford Mods featuring uh, Perry Farrell. Uh, so trendy. After that was one from Whitelands called Setting Sun. Then uh, one of my favorite songs uh, from last week, actually, second week in a row. You've heard it. Love this one. Could have easily been the closing track this week, but uh, uh, enough gushing. It is Beach Fossils with Don't Fade Away, and you are... Completely caught up to everything you've heard this week on My Friend's Place. Before I head out, quick reminders, you can find all my past shows online by searching for uh, Cramela Radio Shows. Uh, then WGOT has a Facebook page. Give that a like. WGOT has a webpage at WGOT.org where you can uh, find links to stream the station when you're not in your car listening to the FM radio version. And then um, also WGOT is on patreon.com consider subscribing for let's say two dollars a month about that twenty four dollars a year all that money goes directly to support the station and i'm gonna do something i've never done before here on um closing track i'm gonna go with an oldie uh one that i just randomly heard watching uh 120 minutes actually which i get as part of mtv classic on my youtube package so enjoy that very much but uh heard the song and thought wow it's amazing. It still sounds really, really modern. Anyway, uh, enough gushing over this one. You've got Jesus and Mary Chain with reference, and I'll be back same time, same channel next week. Bye. <laughs>